Hello and welcome to the ninth episode in Series 5 of Tech Bull. Remember, this is a regular technology bulletin podcast. Please don't expect anything else from the Bull abbreviation. Ha ha. I think now would be a good time to mention the fundamentals of a modern day operating system in a personal computing environment. Increasingly, the choices of which devices we can use to carry out our tasks gets wider and wider. Can we live our lives without a computer of some sorts? Thankfully, the answer to that is still yes, but only just. Whether we like it or not, today's children in particular live side by side with technology and computers. To be honest, that statement was just as true 30 and 40 years ago as it is now. That means many of today's 50 and 60 year olds have probably used some computer in some capacity and yet the pace of change can often leave many people chasing the curve. Fundamentally computers have not really changed at all that much. Sure there's been lots of feature changes and is constantly evolving. Let us just make a list of the very simple things we want our devices to do. Number one, we want to communicate with our devices and in this sense the communication process is two-way. The screen, keyboard, speakers, microphone, symbols, pictures are all extremely important. Number two. Our devices need to be quick, far quicker than any other way of doing the same thing without such a device. Compared with a typewriter, a word processor on a computer can't type words any faster, but the extra facilities like auto spell checking, cutting and pasting make the whole process of computing something different. Calculations also need to be quick. If we draw a picture or compose some music, the device needs to be faster than if we used a paintbrush or wrote some notes on a stave. Number three. It is little point in being fast if you have to keep repeating the same thing over and over. So we need our devices to be able to store things which it needs to repeat. This storage, not only do we want it whilst the device is on, we also want to store it somewhere where we can retrieve it when we switch a device back on. Number four. We want our devices to communicate with other devices. Increasingly, we want our devices to do things even when we are asleep, and our devices, to all intents and purposes, are switched off. We want to access data not only stored on our only devices, but others also. And we want our devices to do things based upon the data it finds from wherever it finds it.
Number five. We need to trust our devices will be accurate at all times. It has to tell the truth at all times and needs to be capable of distinguishing degrees of accuracy and truth. It needs to maintain its own health or at least giving warnings when it requires some intervention to correct. There are many others which I could probably mention, but we tend to forget these fundamentals when using our devices or choosing a device. It is true that some of these fundamentals we could do without in many cases, either at all times or only if we had to. Some of the features in our devices are simply nice-to-haves and not essentials. But what is the difference between an operating system essential and an operating system feature? As operating systems have evolved, greater functionality has been achieved by taking advantage of the increased power of the CPU and other chips. For instance, one of the attributes of a stored file was not only the date and time it was stored, but the date and time it was accessed or touched. It took some time for this attribute to be utilised in things like file managers and word processors to see recent files as opposed to the last saved files. It seems that purveyors of operating systems never seem satisfied with the products they sell. With some frequency, they need to fix bugs or just make it faster and more efficient. Or they have a new WISO front-end feature, which they are sure their customers are craving for. Some of these new things are as a result of improved hardware that becomes available, and some are as a result of attacks or potential attacks on the operating system. For the ordinary user, choosing a device and its associated operating system is not always as easy thing to do. Quite rightly, any buyer should have uppermost in their mind is what they will run the software intended to be used and within a budget that can be both afforded and justified. However, if that only works for a short period and needs to be updated, perhaps at cost later, then not everything possible was considered. Forget the background theory though. What choices are there these days? Three basic categories. Phones and tablets, laptops and desktops. Phones, tablets can be Google Android or Apple's iOS operating systems. There used to be others and there are others undergoing development. Laptops and desktops can either be Microsoft Windows, Google Chrome, Apple Macintosh, Linux operating systems. Again, there are others and some are undergoing development. The architectures and form factors of these vary quite extensively. Whenever people change their hardware for whatever reason, far too often I find people largely stick with what they know 
without a fundamental review of their change needs. If the vast usage is simply web browsing, then I suggest a tablet would be the best choice. If the vast usage is writing, I suggest a desktop would be best. Of course, few of us have single uses, and in many cases it could be that more than one device is required. But in all cases, a very deep requirements analysis always proves its worth. Remember, if you're either disabled or elderly, you can ring AbilityNet, a UK charity who can make visits to your home, if necessary, or ring you to help you. Their free phone telephone number is 0800-048-7642. Their email address is enquiries at abilitynet.org.uk and their web address is www.abilitynet.org.uk and it's all free of charge. You may also find in the area where you live a friendly computer club with people who are willing to help. Talk to your local council. Stay safe.